Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Hey, good morning, Faith Family Church. Pastor Mike here. So excited and blessed to be able to bring God's Word into your house. Uh, I know we've been away for and apart for a while, but it's okay. God's grace is sufficient. Uh, we're going to stay connected. We're going to get through this. We're not going to let the devil win. Amen? Faith Family Church is a church where we stick together. We believe for each other. We pray for each other. And we're going to continue to do that. Amen? So uh, what I want to do is I, I want to go ahead and... and um, well, let me say this first. I hope you had a great 4th of July. Uh, Donna and I had a great one. It was different than what we've had for many, many years because it was just her and I. We were social distancing, if you will, and, and it was just us. But it reminded me of, of one of our first dates. When we were dating, uh, it was 4th of July, and I decided I wanted to really kind of woo her with a, with a really cool date. So I had her, um, we met, and we went to the boat dock where I had my boat. And we were there, and we were going to go watch the fireworks. Under, in, in the intercoastal, you can actually take your boat right underneath where they explode. It's, it's very beautiful. It's romantic. It's patriotic. It's all the great things that need to be for that night. Amen? But uh, that wasn't all of it. I wanted to do something even better. So I contacted Domino's, made a deal with them where they would deliver pizza to the boat dock, which you got to remember, at this time, there was no Uber Eats, no Grubhub, no no delivery dudes. I mean, it was, it was tough to get this to happen, but they did it. They brought the pizza to the dock. We went out, we watched the fireworks, and the fireworks haven't stopped. Um, 35, 36 years ago, it's just been incredible, and uh, I always see stars and uh, bright lights when I'm with her, and she's a blessing to me. So I hope you had a good 4th of July. I know it was different because of this, you know, COVID-19 thing, but it could be good, and I hope yours was good. Amen? Last week, we had a message that we called What the World Needs Now. And it was a message about love because that song goes on to say, love, sweet love. And what we found out in that message was that, that God is a creative God and, and, and he created us to, to go out and to make the world a better place. He gave us the, the power to be creative and to change things for the better. And we do that mainly and... Um, mostly by allowing his love to flow through us. We learned that, that the different kinds of love, there's the one that's the, the tip of the top, Pastor Eric said in his message, that's agape love, which is the God kind of love. It's unconditional love. It's just incredible. It's hard for us to wrap our mind around it. But not only did God call us to, to have this, but he actually deposited on the inside of us so that we could let it flow into the world. And that's the way we're going to change this world is by loving them. And the Bible says, and we learned last week, that we do that by loving people, forgiving people, and then when we're able to, to restore people. And we got the example from God himself. We went back and we looked at some scriptures, and, and hopefully you were encouraged to do that. Now, the reality is, and I understand this, is a lot of us struggle with doing that. We struggle with the, we don't have a problem loving Jesus. We don't have a problem receiving him as our Lord and Savior. But sometimes we have a problem following through with what God has instructed us to do with the plan he has for us. And I call those roadblocks. And I want to look at a roadblock to love this week, something that would maybe hinder us from being able to, to like we said last week, let our light shine, to, 
to love people the way that God loves people, in spite of what they've done or what they've said, we go ahead and we just love them. And as we look this week, we're going to see that, that um, the roadblocks that, that we're talking about really boil down to the word sin. And you don't hear me preach about this a whole lot, but that doesn't mean it's not there. And when the, when, when the situation arises, we've got to do it. And we all have sin. I sin, you sin. The Bible says that everybody sin. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard, right? And, and this sin thing, what, what this, this is, we need to look at it. We need to define it so we know exactly what it is so we don't fall for it again, amen? There's some definitions that I want to go over. Um, but before I do that, I want us to pray. I want us to really lean in and, 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 and expect God to do something on the inside of us, to, to make a change, maybe make us, I don't, I don't know where you are, make you better, stronger, uh, may, make you ready to could go ahead and step up to, a, to maybe a new level with the things of God, amen? So shut off all the distractions. I hope you've already done that. You know, you've got everything settled down and you're ready to receive what God has for you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you. Your word is food for our spirit, that you equip us, you anoint us, you literally empower us to be the people you created us to be. We thank you that you, we, are, we are blessed because we decide that you are high and lifted up in our lives. And we just give you glory and honor for what we're about to receive. And we know by faith that we're going to be better on the other side of this than we were before we heard it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So now with that being said, understand as, as I talk about sin, I'm not condemning you and I'm not telling you how terrible you are. We're just identifying and, and we're looking at it so we can learn how not to fall into it. Does that make sense? And we're actually going to look and see what causes us, what facilitates us to fall into sin or to choose to sin, really. It's not that you fall into it. You make a choice. And, and we're going to kind of expose some things, bring some stuff from the darkness into the light so we can see exactly what's going on. Sound good? Well, to do that, we need to, to define it. Sin is, according to the word, is to miss the mark. When you sin, you miss the mark. Um, I heard it taught this way when I was in Bible school. Uh, sin, to sin means that you know to do right and you don't do it. You know what's right and what you should do, but you don't do it. That's defined as sin. But there's also a definition, and it, it's this. It's, it's to have no share in something. And a lot of us probably haven't heard that. And I want to kind of dig into that a little bit and see what it really means to, to have no share in something. Amen. Most of us understand, <clears throat> and we, and we we realize that, that that sin can be an offense. Yeah, you know, sin's an offense. Okay, it is. I get that. You know, and we understand that sin can be a wrong deed. It can be a wrong thought, or maybe even a wrong word that we speak. That could be a sin, which which in that case it is, right? But then we look and we see that that sin means to not have a share in something. Sin means that you're, you're holding back and you're not, you're not getting part of something that's there because you've got sin. And really at the base level, what sin means is that you've missed the mark or you have no share in something. And what I want to do is I want to I sharpen the pencil a little bit here and say, okay, well, if that's the case, then what's the mark? What is the mark that we're supposed to shoot for? Well, that mark is God's standard. That mark is what God instructs us to do. It's what he puts in his word for us to have understanding that this is his will for our life. And when we choose God's, you know, our plan over God's plan, we miss the mark. Does that make sense? And another great question would be to have no share in what? 
What, what does it mean to have no share in something? Do, what am I not sharing in when I sin? What am I not partaking of when I sin? What, what, what am I not getting my part of when I sin? Well, I think what we're going to do is as we, as we look at this and we realize that sin is a pretty big issue. Now, it's not an issue if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior as far as where you're going to spend eternity. But sin can certainly cause us to have a little rougher ride down here on earth. And not that God punishes us, but usually when we choose to go off course and do our own thing, we get some results that God didn't want us to have, but we put ourselves in that position. Does that make sense? So we just have to acknowledge the fact that, you know what? I sin. You sin. We all sin. We've all fallen short, the Bible says. So now let's, let's, uh, let's take the time and, and unpack this. And let's, let's go back to the very beginning. And let's see where, where sin first entered in. What's the first, the first instance where, where sin entered the equation with man? Where did this happen? And the reason I want to do that is because I'm, I'm a big proponent of learning from other people's mistakes. I wasn't always. But as I got a little smarter, I learned that, hey, I cannot make that mistake if I learn from somebody else making that mistake. You say, where'd you get that? Well, I came from a, a, a big family. There were seven kids. And usually a cousin or, or my siblings' friends who are having a difficult time in their home. So they're staying with us. I mean, there was always a lot of people around. And to be honest with you, there was never uh, a short supply of opportunity to learn from somebody else's mistakes. Now, of course, I didn't always learn. I made my own mistakes. But I learned that uh, if I pay attention and if I follow, I, I can actually miss some real some real headaches and some real potholes in life if I just learn from their mistakes. So, last week it was what the world needs now. This week, I want to talk about the roadblocks to love. Love is really what we're here to do. It's what we're to allow to flow through us. But there's some roadblocks that can stop that. And that's really the thing I want to, you know, kind of bear down on here is what's stopping you from doing what God's called you to do? What's stopping you from choosing God's way instead of your flesh's way or somebody else's way? And I call those roadblocks to love. And we're going to dig in and we're going to kind of unpack this so that we can see exactly what they are. Amen. And as we do, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 3. And that's that first incident where we're going to see sin enter into the picture. But before we go there, I want to set the stage. I want to give you some context. Uh, of course, last week we looked at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. It, it, it's the unveiling of God's creation. Just, you know, God is speaking things and, and, and they're happening. And, and he speaks this and it happens and, you know, just all kind of stuff. And we see this amazing picture come, come to pass. And then he gets to the place where God decides that he's going to look down and he's going to make man. And he says, let's make man in our image and our likeness. And there, there's so much in this itself that I just want to encourage you. Just We need to respect and we need to honor the fact that every single person on this planet is created in the image and likeness of God. That's, that's something that we should honor. That's something that should cause us to treat people right because every person you look at, every eye you look into is created in the image and the likeness of God. Diago, uh, imago Dei is, is the Latin word, which, which literally means the image or the expressed image and likeness of God. And it's something that, that we need to value. 
as, as people. It will help us to love people the way that we're supposed to by seeing the fact that they're in the image and likeness of God. Whether they walk with him or not, they were created in the image and likeness of God. So God created man and he created woman and, and he looked down and at this point he went from saying that creation was good to now he looked down and he said that as he looked at Adam and Eve, he says, this is very good. And I, and I want to encourage you that people at their very base, their, the very point, uh, the center of their being, they're good. They're very good. And yeah, some people choose to make bad decisions and do wrong things. But let me tell you something. On, on, on the inside of them is the capacity to, to be very good and to make a very big difference in this world. And we have to respect God's work. We have to respect his creation. And we have to keep our heart right towards people in spite of what they do. And that's why God placed on the inside of us this agape love, this unconditional love. Amen? So now we're going to keep moving forward, keep pushing through this message. And we get to the point where I want you to picture this, a mental image of this. We're we're at ground zero for creation. We're in the Garden of Eden. And it, it literally is this perfect utopia. I mean, everything is exactly the way God wanted it to be everything is working perfect it, i mean that sounds pretty good right and and you know actually if, if you look at this you start thinking well, well that's that sounds like a great place man i mean think about it this is a place where 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 everything's doing as it's intended everything's operating the way it's supposed to plants are producing fruit animals are doing what they're supposed to be doing this is a place where there's no sin this is a place where there's no shame there's there's no no burden there's no heaviness about it there's no weight there's no sadness there's no anxiety i mean come on this is a good place there there, there's no pressure there's no depression there's no addiction this is a place where it's this incredible reality that that god has created and and we've got adam and eve and we've got god there and it's it's just this place that we would have a hard time wrapping our mind around but that's really what's happening that's creation that's where we all started um, Sandra Richter wrote a book called Epic of Eden and in it it talks about God's master plan and she says what makes up God's master plan is this that the people of God would be in the place of God and they would dwell in the presence of God the people of God would be in the place of God and they would dwell in the presence of God and, and I can't imagine a better a better situation I can't imagine anything being greater than that. And, and yet, though, we look and we see that, okay, so this is working. That's all working. Adam and Eve are there. They're walking in the garden with God in the cool of the evening. Just stuff is really, really great. And God decides, he goes, you know what, um, guys, I, I need you to come over here. I'll, I want you to understand that I made all this for you. You know, this whole earth is yours. I created just for you. This is my love I have for you. And I'm going to be here with you. And he says, out of all these trees, that all the fruit, all the, all the food, everything that's here is for you. And you can have it whenever you want it, as much as you want it. You know, it's yours. He said, but there is this one stipulation. There, there's this one rule that I've got to put out there. And that is, there's a tree right, right over there in the middle of the garden. That's my tree. And I don't want you guys to eat the fruit of that tree. He goes, you, you, you can have everything else. I want you to enjoy all of it. I want you to enjoy me. But just don't eat the fruit of that tree. That doesn't sound too tough, right? I mean, that's, that, that's like going to Disney World say you can't eat at this concession stand. I mean, it, it's not really that big of a deal until it is. And we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. 
And, and we're going to see that, that God says something here. This is the, Theologians call this the fall, talking about Genesis 3. And we're going to read some scriptures and we're going to look at it. And, and I want to I pull some things out that will help us be prepared so we don't fall for the same thing they fell for. Amen. I'm not saying we're better than them. I'm saying God has come now and given us, given us the, the ability to, to see through the deception. And that's really what it is, is a deception. Look with me in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, The serpent was the shrewdness of all the wild animals. The Lord God had made, and, and I'm sorry, that didn't sound very good, the sh- was the shrewdness of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. Got to learn how to use those punctuation marks. One day he asked the woman, now this, this kind of, it, it caught me off guard. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second here. Here's a lady sitting in a garden. A snake comes up next to her and starts talking to her, and she doesn't scream, she doesn't faint, she doesn't crush it with a rock, she actually talks back. I don't know, but now Dr. Doolittle has a whole new meaning to me. Is this the way it was before the fall? Is this the way it was intended to be, where, where we, could cre- we could communicate with animals? Kind of looks like it, but that's for another story, another day. Here's what the, uh, the uh, serpent said. He said, um, he asked the woman, did God really say did God really say and and here's your warning guys you're going to know this when people are doing this somebody comes up to you and they they like oh do you really not want to go do you really not want to partake do you did she really say that you know whenever it's like that you know you're being set up it's like in Star Wars it's a trap you know we you got to be aware the Bible says don't be ignorant of the devil's devices did God really say listen what he says you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden. See, it's a setup. It's a setup. And that's exactly what the devil does. He's going to try to trip you up with stuff that God never even actually said. But you can try and get your focus off what God did say. And that, that's the important thing. We've got to know what God said. We've got to know what his words are. Amen? So, the woman answers and says, you know, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. Uh, it's only the fruit from the tree in the, in the middle. That one right there. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we must not eat, that we are not allowed to eat. And God said, listen to this. She kind of started getting to the embellishing, exaggerating thing herself. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it or you will die. Kind of put some drama in there. But see, God didn't actually say that. The, the devil misquoted God. And, and then as Eve enters into this conversation, next thing we see is she's misquoting God. God didn't tell them they couldn't touch it. He said they couldn't eat the fruit of it. Matter of fact, he had instructed Adam to tend the garden. He was responsible to take care of it. But here we see where things are getting off course. And all of a sudden now, what's being said is not actually what happened. There's, there's, there's deception coming in here. And that's really where we're going to find the, the root of the situation here. And the devil, of course, says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. Verse 5 says, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And listen to this. Underline if you have your Bible open. If you have it on your phone or whatever, underline this. He says, as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. It's deception. It's a lie. It's an empty promise. But it was enough to set the hook. And, and this is the tactic of the enemy. This is what got the first two people living in paradise, walking with God. Nothing was wrong. There was no sin in their life. There was nothing. And this was enough to set the hook to pull them off course from what God had for them. Look at this. 
You will be like God, knowing both good and evil. You know, it's, it's, it's a sad thing. And the Bible says the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And what happened? You know, the, the reality is, as she looked at it, she spent a little too much time looking at it. And, and, and I think that all of us, we, we know, we can tell the things we're not supposed to do. But yet some of us still go ahead and do it. We go ahead and fall for it. We go ahead and step into it, even though on the inside we know we shouldn't do it. Eve knew this was wrong. But she allowed the deception to take her focus off the truth, and that made her vulnerable. Amen? Look at this. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave to, some to her husband who was off in the field working. No. Who was down at the store. No. The Bible said who was with her. Adam was the person of authority here. He was right there in the presence of the snake talking to his wife. He was hearing the conversation and he went along with it. He went ahead and allowed that, that same deception to affect his judgment and, and to determine what he was going to do. And he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open. So let's unpack this for a second. Let's think about it because at first glance, you might think, wow, they ate fruit and, and, and something went wrong. I mean, have you ever had food poisoning, like bad food poisoning? You ever ate that chimichanga that you realized later you shouldn't have? Or, or maybe as you were going down the road, you decide, ah, I, gotta, I suddenly got a craving for sushi, so I'm going to stop at this gas station in the middle of nowhere, and I'm going to get some sushi, and then you realize later you shouldn't have eaten that. And, and when that thing starts kicking in and you're wishing you had some Pepto-Bismol, what's the first question you ask? Oh, my God, what was in that thing? What was that? What is causing me this discomfort? I see the reality is they weren't going through that kind of discomfort. They didn't, they didn't get the runs when they ate the fruit. You know what? They got separation from God. Separation from God without a Savior for eternity. Why? See, the fruit wasn't the problem. The deception was the problem. The deception is what led them to the sinful action. And see, I'm telling you, the devil every day is trying to deceive us. And if we're aware of him, you know, I'm not preaching against sin, telling you what's wrong with you. I'm trying to show you how you can rise above this, how you can be victorious over sin and not fall for the same trick that's been going on since the creation of man. The Bible says that when we see Satan for who he truly is, we're going to say, this is him? This is what deceived the masses? We're going to be blown away. This little weak nothing with the power of deception, was able to rob so many people of the things that God had for them. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't have to be. We can learn what the roadblocks to, to love are, and, and, and we can learn how to just go right past them, not get tangled up in them. Amen? You guys with me? So we realize that the devil, with his deceptions, he comes in and he makes these, these empty promises. He, he tells you things that's not going to provide what it says it will. It, it can't bring about what it promises to do. And, you know, like the, the thing that says that, you know what, if, 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 if you're struggling and, and you feel alone, why don't you, uh, why don't you just go down and, and have a few, few of these with the, with the crew and, and, and you'll feel more accepted. You know, there's an empty promise there. Why don't you, you know, why don't you drink more of this and then your problems will go away? You know, why don't you watch this and then you won't feel rejected by your spouse and you'll feel more fulfilled. And there's all these empty promises. But what happens is as we get distracted and we look at what we're told the result will be, 
You know, we go for that not realizing it's never going to get there. There's always going to be an empty, empty promise that's going to cost us more than we had any idea that we were going to have to pay. And that's why Jesus had to come and pay the price for us. But it doesn't mean the sin's not still relevant in our lives. Doesn't mean you may sin now and it's not going to cost you your salvation, but it can sure bring some some difficult situations into your life. And God doesn't want you to go there. He's got something better for you. And what he's trying to show us is how how not to miss the mark, but to stay focused and, and to follow through with what he has for us. Amen? I hope you're getting this. I hope you're seeing what I'm talking about. The deception that we want to uncover is that the, the problem's not the fruit. Matter of fact, the sin occurred before the fruit was even consumed. Look in Genesis chapter 3, verse 13 with me, if you would. It says, then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? Have you ever asked yourself that after doing something really crazy? What did you do? What have I done? Have you ever asked uh, another person, what did you just do? What did you get me into? You know, God is looking at her. He's saying, what have you done? And listen to what she says. She says, the serpent deceived me. That happened first. She replied, that's why I ate. That's the sinful behavior. The sinful behavior didn't come until after the deception. Do you see what, do you see that? The devil deceived her and then she entered into the sinful behavior. If, if we cannot fall for the deception, if, if, we don't, if, if we don't fall for it, but we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what he's up to, the Bible says he'll show us, the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. If we allow him to show us what he's up to, we don't have to fall for the deception, which means we don't have to enter into the sin. I hope you're getting this. This is good stuff. I want to I go ahead. Let's, let's look and, and unpack it a little bit more. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 5. Because the reality is every one of us deal with sin. Every one of us struggle with it. It's, it's in our lives. Even the Apostle Paul said, the things that I hate, I do. And the things that I should do, I don't. Who will deliver me from this body of sin? You know, it's, it's, a, it's an issue that we all deal with and we need to learn how to overcome it. We need to learn how to take what God's given us and made available to us and overcome it so we don't fall to it anymore. Amen? So in Genesis chapter um, 3, verse 5, let's, let's look at it and I'm going to show you something here that I think will... Maybe open your eyes and, and let you see something. God knows that, you're, that, that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. Underline that, hear that, know it for what it is. That's the deception where the devil's saying, no, 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 if you do this, everything's going to be okay. You're actually going to be in a better place. It's not going to cost you anything. It's going to be fine. And what they were hearing was, if, if you eat this, you're going to be able to be your own person. You're, going to, you're not going to have to be subject to, to God's authority. You're going to be able to do life the way you want it. You're going to be able to, to um, be able to accomplish anything and everything that, that, that you want to do. You know, and, and the problem is that that's a lie. But if you believe the lie, you'll get the results of that. And, and it, it's so important for us to see. And, and as I said before, not be ignorant of, of the devil's devices, what he uses to get us off course, amen? So it's not that we become like God, but that's what Adam and Eve heard. And, and you see, it, it, it wasn't a fruit issue with them. It was a deception issue. So you might not have a porn issue. You have a deception issue that watching this is going to take away the pain of that. 
You may not have an overconsumption issue that, that, you know, if you just drink a little more, it's okay. You won't feel it or you won't be stressed out or, you know what, I just need, I just need to take the edge off or I just need to be able to calm down. All of these little lies, they're lies to get you to go a little further and to get you into something that's not God's plan. You know, well, if, if, if I was to, to, to be able to, to work harder, I could have more. You know, that's a distraction a lot of times just to pull you away from your relationship. You know, if I, if, I, if, I, if I was more successful, I'd be more secure instead of being insecure about myself. That's a lie. You don't find your security in your job. Your job can go away like that. How many people have found that out? You know, your security is in who you are in Christ and who God created you to be. So as we go through this and we look at this and we say, you know what? I don't, I, I, I don't need to enter into this. I, I, I could learn from Adam and Eve's mistake. You know, them saying, if I eat this, then I, I can provide for myself that in reality, something that only God was supposed to provide for us. But they got caught in the lie and they decided, I'm going to go ahead and eat it. I want that wisdom. I want to know. I want to be able to know what's best for me. I want to be able to, to do what I want to do and, and accomplish everything I'm supposed to do my own way. You know, we got songs about it. I did it my way. And, and, and it's a lie of the devil. It's a roadblock to love. It's, it's to stop the love of God to... To, to accomplish what it's supposed to in your life and it's to stop the love of God from flowing through your life into the world. It is a lie. Amen? Now, here, here's the thing. As, as we, we realize this, and I know you, you might be sitting there saying, you know what, Pastor Mike, I'm not, I'm not saying that I want to be my own God. You know, I might mess up. I might, I might choose to do something I know is wrong, but that doesn't mean I want to be my own God. But really, I mean, let's look at that for just a second. And I'm not coming down on you. I'm just, I'm just making you aware of what's actually being done when you decide to do that. See, Adam and Eve knew they were not supposed to eat of that tree. They weren't supposed to eat that fruit, but yet they wanted the wisdom, the empty promise that was given to them. The deception caused them to decide, I'm going to go ahead. This is, this is God's authority over me in my life. And you know what? He told us not to eat of the tree, but we want that wisdom. And man, it just looks so good. And you know the truth is sin does look good. We do it because we're attracted to it. We do it because it looks like it's going to be fun or it's, it's something that we want. They're, they're, that's, not, that's not a lie. That's, that's reality, but it doesn't provide what it says it will. It, it's all wrapped in great wrapping, but when you get to it, there's a lot of pain and heartache. And, and you got Adam and Eve, and they say, you know, I, I, I want this. I want this. I want to go ahead and do that. And, and they go ahead and raise their position of authority over God's. And the truth is, they've just superseded his authority. They've chosen to be their own God. It's the same thing that happened in heaven when, when Lucifer said, I'm going to bring my, my throne above his throne, talking about God. And as he was there to lead worship with the angels, he decided he wanted to be worshipped by the angels. And in that, he led a third of the angels, and they were cast out of heaven, going to hell forever because they have no redemption. Jesus didn't come for them. There's so much here and, and, and the deception is so powerful if we're not aware, if, if, if we're not clued in and, and that's why God's here and that's why the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says this, it says all. That means all of us deal with this. All we like sheep have gone astray. That word astray right there literally means deceived. It says we have turned, meaning we've made a, a deliberate conscious decision everyone to his own way not to god's way but to his own way see deception causes us to do things that are that are sin 
They cause, cause us to choose a way that's different than God's. The byproduct of sin is the same that it's been ever since the beginning. We sin, we fall. But the problem is the mistakes we've made have been because we've been deceived. We've been deceived or we've deceived ourselves if we're honest with ourselves. And now we live in this fallen world of the, uh, uh, as a result of what happened in the Garden of Eden. And, and, and you, all you got to do is turn the TV on or read a newspaper. And, and you see our world is just, you know, our country and our towns and people are just tearing this, our, 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 ourselves apart because we've been deceived. See, we have a deception problem that's manifesting as a sin problem. There's a danger when we elevate our way over God's way and it takes us to a place of destruction. It takes us to a place of, of, of opening the door for, for the enemy to come in. Yeah, we can decide that, you know what, I, I want to live my own life. I want to be my own man. I want to do it in my own strength. And, and, and we've got so many people on Facebook that will cheer us on and tell us that's the way to do it. But the reality is that when we do that, and we had let people who were living in a fallen world who probably a lot of them don't have a relationship with God, they're going to cheer us on the same way the enemy is because he always cheers us in the opposite direction of what God has. So it becomes our responsibility. It's our responsibility to decide, is what I'm pursuing God's plan for my life? Am I searching God's will or am I going for my will? And see, when we, when we get into our own will and it's separate from God's, we run into roadblocks we run into problems. Does that make sense to you? I hope you're getting this. This is some good stuff. And if we'll allow, turn to Proverbs 14, 12. We're getting ready to close. But in Proverbs 14, 12, it says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Yeah, there's a way that we figure out, ah, this would be better. I could do, I get the results faster. I could, I could achieve more. I, I, I get more satisfaction if I do. But if it's not God's way, every single time, it's going to be the way of death. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death and to do something outside of God's standard, we've learned, is sin. And it opens the door for all kind of problems. The problem started when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and humanity lost its identity with, as, as being God's people. We've had generation after generation being born with not even a clue or an idea that they were created by a heavenly father on purpose with a purpose to make a better and a positive difference in this world. They don't have a clue. And we got parents out there that are selling their kids out by saying, well, I'm just going to let them grow up and decide for themselves. You're shirking the responsibility that God gave you when he made you a parent. The Bible says that we as parents are to, to lead, to guide, and to direct our kids in the direction they should go. They receive from us as their authority because they can see us until they grow and mature to the place where they can have a relationship on their own from a God they can't see. It's like you're cutting the rope and letting them go adrift until someone or something else tells them this is your purpose. And they may never walk out the plan of God for their lives. We have this fractured society. It's riddled with sin because one man's deliberate choice to, to miss the mark, to, to choose to not partake of the life God had, and now everybody's paid for it. Look at Romans um, 5, 18. We were in Romans 5 last week. We're going to do it again, but in verse 18. Romans 5.18 says, yes, Adam's one. How many? One sin. What was his sin? I can do what God did for myself. I can be my own God. I can choose my way over God's way. His one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. It's incredible. Jesus came. He didn't leave us in sin. 
He came to empower us to rise above sin and not be in bondage to it or held back by it, but so we can know the truth and not be deceived and we can go ahead and do and accomplish everything God told us to. Verse 19 says, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners, but because one other person obeyed, talking about Jesus, many will be made righteous. The Bible calls Jesus the last Adam or the second Adam. And what that means is he came to fix what Adam and Eve couldn't fix. He, he came to get us out of the sin problem and get us in the right place that we need to be with God. Colossians 1.15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. You can always know how God responds and what he wants for you by looking at what Jesus did when he walked the earth. And I'm not going to go into it for a long time, but let me tell you something. People tell you that God's putting you through this or God's causing this to happen. That's not what scripture shows us. You know, when people came to Jesus, no matter what they were going through, no matter what tragedy or chaos or, or, or situation, no matter what sickness it was, when they came and asked him for help, he helped them. He not once told them, no, no, my dad's growing you up. You need to go ahead and go through that. Not once. He didn't say, no, no, you need that disease because God's teaching. He didn't do that because it's not scriptural. It's not God. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. God is good. The devil's bad. Amen? We're closing. We're closing now. Two more sets of scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.15. He died for everyone. Every single one of us. So that those who receive, it's our choice. So those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. We're now empowered to choose God's way. We just got to go ahead and walk it out. We got to go ahead and rise above the sin so that we can be who God called us, so we can let that love flow, so the roadblocks can't stop us. Amen? At new life. Instead, we will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Last set of scriptures, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and new life has begun. That's great news. And all this is a gift. It's not anything we earn. It's a gift from God who saw where we were and came to rescue us by sending his son. Who brought us back to, listen to this, Adam and Eve sinned in, have, in the Garden of Eden and the result of that was separation from God. Now here God, look what he's doing. That um, who who brought us back, verse 18, who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. That's that whole thing. We need to love people. We need to forgive people. We need to restore people. That's our task. That's our call. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Look what it says. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We're now Christ's ambassadors. We represent him. We have the full support and provision of heaven to go forth and to re -rep and represent God and his will for this world. He, what does he want? He wants people to be reconciled to him. He wants people to know that he loves them and he's already paid the price to get them back to where they were created to be. It, it's so important. Look what it says. God is making his appeal through us. That's how important this is for us to do this. God's making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. In verse 21, last scripture. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. He paid the price completely for us to set us free so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Guys, this message is here to encourage you. It's not to beat you up about sin, but to tell you everything that needs to happen has already happened for you to rise above it, for you to get those roadblocks out of the way, and for you to walk out the fullness of the life that God's made available to you. Sin is a, it, it's a distraction, and it comes through a deception. 
And if you let the devil deceive you, you're going to end up entering into it and then you're going to get the results of it. And that's really his plan. God's plan is for you to know what the devil's up to, for you to be able to see what the lie is and be able to just navigate around it. See, the problem is if we don't learn to to, to stick with God at, to his word and to navigate life smart, you know, to, to be intelligent about how we walk through this life, walking the plan of God. The Bible tells us in James, and this is a warning for us, it tells us that we can literally be deceived and, and, and we can follow every wind of doctor. We can be tossed around and, and we can actually become unstable in all of our ways if we don't learn to stick close to the truth, the truth of God's word. So I want to encourage you. If you're here and you've listened to this message and you're not born again, God's got this beautiful life for you. He wants to bring you back to that original place of fellowship and relationship with him. He wants you to walk in all that he has for you. He's not worried about the sin. He's not counting them, the scripture says we just read. He, he's not worried about that. The price has been paid. He wants you just to accept the price that Jesus paid for you personally. If you do that, your life will change. You, the Bible says old things are going to pass away. Behold, you become a brand new person in Christ. So I want to encourage you to do that. Faith Family Church, be praying right now if you would. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I want you to pray with me. We're going to bow our heads. You've got a whole church praying to help you make this decision. To bust through the lies and the deception. The devil's telling you you've done too much. You're too far gone. And, and God's telling you that he loves you right where you are. You're, you're the apple of his eye. You're the one he's coming for. He, he wants you to know that. He wants you to love. He wants to love you. And he wants you to experience his love. And he wants you to love him back. Amen. So close your eyes. Bow your heads. Here we go. Father, we thank you that as believers, we can pray. We can pray in faith. So right now, I release my faith for every person listening to this message that if there are those who do not know you as, as their heavenly father, they've not accepted your son as their Lord and savior, then I thank you that the, the blinders fall from their eyes now in Jesus' name. I thank you they're able to hear clarity with my words as I speak. And I right now rebuke the enemy and say his power stayed right now by the authority given to me through Jesus as I speak his name and declare that they're free in Jesus' name. Now, with that being said, if you're that person, if you're the one saying, I, I'm ready to, I need this, this is for me, then I want you to say this after me. And, and church, be praying. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all that you've done for me. Amen. Say it with me. Come on. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me that much. And right now, Father, because you love me that much, I choose to receive the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. I choose right now to receive the gift of salvation. Say it with me. Of Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart. Come on, repeat it. And I speak it with my mouth. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Praise God. According to the Bible, uh, angels are throwing a party in heaven right now and they're celebrating you. They're celebrating you because you came back to the Father. And people of Faith Family Church are high-fiving and they're jumping around their house. They're celebrating you too. Amen. Guys, I love you so much. I'm so excited to bring the word to you. We're going to get through this. I appreciate all of you staying connected. Those of you who are supporting us with your tithes and offerings, you're rock stars. God is just, he's looking down and, and Pastor and I are looking, Pastor Don and I are looking at you just saying, these people are just amazing. We're able to go ahead and be the church, even though the building's closed, <clears throat> we're still the church, amen? 
Thank you all so much. If you did receive Jesus, please let us know. There's going to be in, um, ways to do that on screen. Uh, if you want to get send your offering and your tithe, there's ways to do that. We love you. We're here for you and can't wait to see you again next week. In Jesus' name. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Thank you.